Good morning again. My name is Doug, and I'm one of the pastors here as well, and Mario is indeed enjoying vacation time. Spoke with him just briefly this week, and uh, he's thankful for the rest. We are going to continue our series studies in Proverbs here, Way of Wisdom. It is part 18, and it is entitled Listening. Here's what the scientists say. You can take it or leave it. This is what they say, that 9% of our communication is in writing, 16% is in reading, 30% is speaking, and 45% is spent listening. And some of you may say, there ain't no way that is true. My kids do not listen to anything that I say. Or you might put a spouse in there as well. Uh, Early on in the week, Sherry came to me. And I either had my phone or a laptop, and she started talking, and she said, you are hearing me, but you are not listening to me. So I think I put it away and and listened. Confirmation? Yes? Oh, she's shrugging her shoulders, so we'll go with my story. I remember putting it away and, and listening. Story has it that President Roosevelt didn't think that people listened all too well either. He discovered that uh, they weren't really listening to him in those long reception lines where, you know, they glad hand a little bit, shake hands, and as they go through these White House long reception lines. And apparently he got tired of smiling with his big smile and saying all the usual things that you're supposed to say at these White House receptions. So one evening he decided to find out whether anyone was really paying attention or not. As each person came up to him and they would extend their hand and he'd flash that big smile and he said... I murdered my grandmother this morning. (laughs) And people, true story, I think, people would automatically respond with comments such as, how lovely. (laughs) Keep up the good job. There was one exception, a foreign diplomat. When the president said, I murdered my grandmother this morning, the diplomat responded softly leaning in and said, I'm sure she had it coming to her. I don't know, but listening is a big deal. And for warm-ups, let's see how well you are listening today. And uh, as Ron was a little like, hey, you guys, are you awake with me? I, you know, he gave you that. The, the first group did not do really well on this listening exercise. So with your A game on, ready? I've got a little math problem for you. It's real simple, but I want you to get listening, okay? Here it is. A farmer has five haystacks in one field and four haystacks in another How many haystacks would he have if he combined them all in one field? Answer? Oh, boy. Who said it? One. Who said nine? Everyone else. Think about it. Five haystacks in one field, four in the other field. He combines them all together to one field. How many haystacks does he have? One. Literally today at 745, I added a second hearing exercise thinking that you might fail the first one. That is a true story. So here it is. You ready? Listen carefully. You are driving a bus. At the first stop, five people get on the bus. At the next stop, three people get off the bus, but two people get on the bus. At the next stop, ten people get on the bus, and six people got off. What was the bus driver's shoe size? Eight. Why? Because you were driving the bus. Give her a hand. 
And the rest of you are, huh? Well, good answer. It's your shoe size. All right, I do not have a third chance for you to get it right, so if you miss those two, you are out. Uh, in all seriousness, in Proverbs 1 through 9, Solomon has made a dividing line for living life. We have discovered that when we went through those nine chapters. He said that there's two ways of living and that every person is living on one of these two paths. All seven billion people are living on one of these two paths. One path is called the way of wisdom and the other path is called the way of folly. The way of wisdom is living with the fear of the Lord. The way of folly is living with destruction and is opposite the fear of the Lord. The way of wisdom is traveling with God and to God. And the way of folly is traveling without God and away from God. These two paths are completely opposite. They aren't sort of alike, not kind of alike, not similar in any way. They are 100% opposite. As alive is to dead, as natural is to artificial, as good is to bad, as bent is to straight, as clockwise is to counterclockwise, as dry is to wet, as east is to west, as true is to false, as left is to right, as night is to day, as up is to down, as victory is to defeat. Get the idea? They are complete opposites. Wisdom and folly, opposites. And now we have begun to look at some of these specific Proverbs. And it's important for us to realize that these short little statements have eternal ramifications. These short statements intend to impact us not for just living life now, but to actually prepare us for beyond this life, for eternity. So the main point of these Proverbs is to make sure we get the main point. And I'd like to backtrack that a little bit and look at these things. The main thing of Proverbs is not gaining knowledge. The main thing of Proverbs is not gaining common sense. The main thing of Proverbs, it's not gaining great skills like listening and reading for life to be successful. Those aren't the main things. The main thing is not being a morally good person. These are all subpoints of the main thing. So what is the main thing? God is the main thing, which makes Jesus the main thing, which means the gospel is the main thing. Let me give you an example. If a child, we'll call him, we'll call him Billy. If he lies, is it right or wrong? Wrong. So maybe some of you now finally got an answer right. All right? That was good. You got that one wrong. He's wrong. Why is it wrong? Because mommy and daddy will be so disappointed with you because you won't have friends to play with, because no one can trust you? Well, those are reasons to why it is wrong, but that is not the main reason. Those are all subpoints. The main reason that Billy should not lie, that you should not lie, that I should not lie, that nobody should lie, is because God says, don't lie. And when we lie, we sin against the almighty, holy God. And that is what is being challenged today in our culture. It's always been challenged. That God has the authority to make such demands like this and others, and that we as mankind, that we must submit to him. But it would be a devastating mistake. Devastating. 
for a person to study Proverbs and to come away with knowledge or to come away with common sense or to come away with morality and have it being apart from being connected to Christ. If a person gets the morality lesson that Proverbs teaches but misses that God is the main thing, that person misses the main thing and is only a moral person. We can never separate the standards of Christ from Christ. Think back to the last few Proverbs that we've been talking about. Proverbs 15 was on family relationships. If a person applies the principles from Scripture and becomes this amazing spouse, amazing parent, aunt, uncle, grandparent, becomes the ideal model child, but misses that Jesus is the way to eternal life, that person falls short of the glory of God. The way to eternal life is not by being a good spouse. It's not by being a good parent or a good kid. It's believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, confess your sins, and you'll be saved. And it's not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, confess your sins, and be a good parent or spouse or kid. That's adding to the gospel. And the Bible's teaching on that is no, 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 no. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and it is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not from works, so that no one can boast. Proverbs has no intentions of teaching about family relationships apart from the gospel, because the gospel is the main thing to embrace. Part 16 was pride and humility. If a person understands the value of living in his or her community with humility and puts away all the ugliness associated with pride and commits to being a good citizen, but misses the main thing of Jesus dying on the cross, that person will fall short of the glory of God. The way to heaven is not by being a good person. The way to eternal life is trusting Jesus to forgive you of your sins, let him to move into your life and to change you and take charge of you. It's not trying to accumulate all the good works that you can do to get in. Romans 3, very clear. There is no one good. No, not one. Jesus is the only way. Not Jesus and good deeds. It's just Jesus. Nothing more and nothing less. So again, I'll tell you, Proverbs has no intentions of teaching about pride and humility apart from the saving grace of Christ, because the saving grace of Christ is the main point. Part 17 was speaking. If a person uses his words wisely and says them all at the appropriate times, and he knows when to shut, we don't say shut up in our family, when he knows when to be quiet, and he doesn't gossip, he doesn't slander, he doesn't lie, but he misses, he misses that those things are only ultimately good because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, that person is nothing more than a kind-speaking, appropriate-speaking, well-mannered-speaking person who falls short of the glory of God. And that's tragic. Again, Proverbs has no intention of teaching us how to speak apart from the message of the gospel. 
because the gospel is the main thing to be embraced because Proverbs does not intend to just teach us how to live on this earth, but it wants to prepare us for eternity. And so that's the same mindset as we move forward into listening. Here's what Proverbs has to say about listening. Proverbs 20, 12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord made them both. So here's the first takeaway. Everyone having ears and being able to listen is God's idea. He's the one who created ears. What's required? What do you have to have in order to be able to listen? Answer, ears. You got to have ears. They come in all different sizes, from satellite big to small and cute, attached lobes, detached lobes, some with a little more wax buildup than others. Did I go a little too far there? So I shouldn't say about the hair protruding out of the ears? Well... God made them all, and everyone needs ears to hear. And it is something that we can take so, 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 so granted. Do you realize, though, it is a complicated thing to hear? Let me take you back to middle school science. Sound waves enter the outer ear and travel through a narrow passage called the ear canal, which vibrates, and it leads to the eardrum. And then this eardrum vibrates these incoming sound waves, and it sends it to these three tiny little bones. Who would like to answer those three bones? Remember these middle school days? You got them? All right, what is it? Yeah, that's the last one. Okay, the, straight, the, the stapes is the last one. The malleus and the incus, those are the three bones. The hammer, the anvil, and the stapes. They all do this uh, vibrating of the sounds, and then that amplifies the sounds, and it pushes it to the cochlea. You remember the cochlea, right? It's that snail-shaped figure that has full of liquid. And then what happens is those vibrations make it to that liquid, causing it to ripple in those liquids. And then that incites chemicals to rush into the cells, creating an electrical signal. And then the auditory nerve carries the electrical signal to the brain, which in turn allows us to have sounds that we recognize and understand. That's amazing engineering work of God put into layman's terms. I don't know if he calls it the cochlea, but we do. And he designed it. It's amazing. We have voices that we can hear, birds singing, ocean waves crashing, leaves rustling, TVs, radios, fireworks. One of my all-time favorites, squeaky sneakers on a, tent, on a basketball floor. Laughter. All the endless list of sounds. It's because he gave us ears, train horns, crying babies, music, even when you're on the phone on hold for like you're on hold because of four weeks without a refrigerator. That, that is a true story in our house right now. We are four weeks and three days, no refrigerator, no complaining because we have music to listen to while we're on hold. Praise God for giving us ears. Here's the second takeaway. Proverbs 1.5. A wise man will listen, and this is what happens. When he listens, he increases his learning, and a discerning man will obtain guidance. So we have a wise man and a discerning man, and they are listening, and they are listening to a certain kind of guidance, and it is a good thing. And compare that with Proverbs 17.4. A wicked person listens 
to malicious talk. And a liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. So now we have a wicked person and a lying man. And what makes them this way? Because they are listening to a meticulous and destructive talking. So the second takeaway is this. Everyone is listening to someone. Both the wise and the wicked, they're both listening. Both the ones on the path of wisdom and the ones on the path of folly. Everybody is listening to somebody. But the difference is the who and the what they are listening to. Solomon wanted his boys to know that who they listen to matters just as much that they listen. Listening is important, and who you listen to is important. And I'm not sure that we can understand and kind of get in the same mindset that Solomon's kids faced. You know, they were the king's kids. And so some of the listening that they had was like, if you think about going to a war and battle, consider all these options. Like, I don't know that we live that way. Anyone plan on a war tomorrow? We don't. Right? But Solomon knew this, and I'm sure everybody wanted to get in their ear and try to have a word. And it is no different from us today with all the advantages and all the advancements in technology. It is vital that not only our kids, but all of us take a good inventory and see who and what we are listening to. Because everyone who is talking has an agenda. The media, agenda. Social media, agenda. Internet, agenda. TV, magazines, movies, books, agenda. Education, agenda. Parents, how you parent, you have an agenda. Workplace, agenda. Friends, agenda. Next door neighbor, agenda. Billboards, agenda. Church, it has an agenda. There is nowhere a person can go. There is nowhere you can look. There is nowhere you can listen that an agenda is not being pushed upon you. Everyone listens to someone or something. The third takeaway, Proverbs 2, 2 and 6. Listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding, followed by Proverbs 10, 17. The one who follows instruction is on the path to life, but the one who rejects correction goes astray. Literally goes on the opposite path of life. Literally goes to destruction, goes astray. Third takeaway, how a person listens to the word of God determines their eternal path. I cannot think of a better reason as to why to have ears than to hear the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. That word so, Paul is using this verse as a summary of how a person becomes a Christian. To become a Christian, there is a series of actions that takes place. To be one who calls upon the name of the Lord, first you have to believe. And in order to believe, you have to hear or receive the message. It's a different kind of hearing that only God can give. 
faith that comes by hearing, it's more than just simply having the physical words go into all those bones and all that cochlea, and then it, we understand it there. Like, you could not get a, you could not go down to the downtown square, buy a bullhorn, and pro- profess the gospel that Jesus died on the cross, and three days he rose again, and they say, oh, everybody heard it, so everyone's in. They heard the gospel, but that's not believing. That's not faith in believing the gospel. Hearing the gospel is the work of Jesus. It's like the Holy Spirit is a spiritual hearing aid for us. Jesus taught about this parable, about listening, specifically about how to listen to the word of God. And I want us to look at that some more this morning. It's found in three of the four gospels. Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8. In John, apparently he does not do parables because it's not listed there. Luke, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 8, verses 14 through 18. You can follow along in your Bible. It should be here on the screen as we go. As a large crowd was gathering and people were flocking to him from every town, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed As he was sowing, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds of the sky ate it up. Other seed fell on the rock. When it sprang up, it withered, since it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it, and it choked it. Still other seed fell on the ground, and when it sprang up, it produced a crop a hundred times what was sown. As he said this, he called out, anyone who has ears to hear should listen. Verse 9, then his disciples asked him, what does this parable mean? So he said, the the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given for you to know. But to the rest, it is in parables, so that looking they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And then he explains the parable in verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the seed on the rock are those who, when they hear, they welcome the word with joy, having no root. These believe for a while and depart in a time of testing. As for the seed that fell among the thorns, these are the ones who, when they heard, they go on their way and they're choked out with the worries and the riches and the pleasures of life, and they produce no mature fruit. But the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who, having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it and by enduring bear fruit. Verse 18, therefore, take care how you listen. For whoever has more will be given to him, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he he has, will be taken away from him. When you do the math of this text, it's a very sobering text. Three of the four times that the seed, the word of God, is given out to ears to hear, they don't hear. They hear it physically, but they do not hear it spiritually. Did God get this right? Like, this is the way we're supposed to communicate this evangelism stuff, this preaching stuff. This is the right way to do it. Three out of four? You get fired if that's your job. And the answer is, it's the right way. The communication is not the problem, or any other matter of communicating for that point. 
The reason is this, Matthew 7, 14. The gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And few there be that find it, who find it. Which is why Jesus said in Luke 13, 24, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. This text is about hearing. It's about hearing and not hearing. It's about seeing and yet not seeing. It's about those who think they have heard but have not heard. To say what you do with what you hear from God's word is huge and has eternal implications is not an understatement. Jesus tells a parable about hearing the word of God. There's a sower, that's the one proclaiming the word. There's the seed, that is the word of God. And there's the ground, that's the hearer of the word of God. I'm going to break it down to you in pairs of verses so we can see this again. Verse 5 and verse 12. As he was sowing, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the sky ate it up. Then in verse 12, he interprets that. The seed along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. That's one kind of hearing. Next two verses, verses 6 and 13. Other seed fell on the rock. When it sprang up, it withered since it lacked moisture. Then verse 13 interprets, as the seed and the seed on the rock are those who, when they hear... They welcome the word with joy, having no root. These believe for a while and depart in a time of testing. That's a second kind of hearing. Verse 7 and 14. Other seed fell among the thorns. The thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Then verse 14 interprets, As for the seed that fell among the thorns, these are the ones who, when they have heard, they go on their way and are choked with worries, riches, and pleasures of life, and they produce no fruit. It's the third kind of hearing. And then the fourth hearing is verse 8 and verse 15. Still other seed fell on the ground. When it sprang up, it produced a crop a hundred times what was sown. As he said this, he called out, anyone who has ears to hear should listen. And verse 15 interprets, but the seed in the, ground, in the good ground, these are the ones who, having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it by enduring, bearing fruit. That's the fourth kind of hearing. And it certainly seems that just having ears attached to your head that can physically hear is not enough. There's another kind of hearing that results. It's a different kind of hearing that causes a person's heart to be honest and good and bear fruit. And Jesus explains that in verses 9 and 10. Then his disciples asked him, what does this parable mean? And so he said, the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you to know. But to the rest, it is parables, so that looking they may not see and hearing they may not understand. What is Jesus saying? There are secrets about the kingdom of God 
and some people get told the secrets, but not everybody. And the ones that don't, they just get parables, and it's just a bunch of words that the regular eyes and ears can't understand. Jesus is actually quoting from Isaiah 6, 9, and 10, where he says, and he replied, Go. Isaiah, you go. You go out, say to these people, keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. Dull the minds of these people, deafen their ears, blind their eyes. Otherwise, otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their minds, turn back and be healed. What do you do with verses like this? It teaches us something very powerful about hearing the word of God. Even when the hearing does not soften and save and heal, it does not mean it's not necessarily ineffective. It could be the very harsh, harsh reality of what mankind deserves. It could be part of God's ferocious judgment. It may be that when some people hear the word it hardens them. It makes their ears so dull that they'll never want to hear the word again. People who have become so sick and tired of all this Jesus talk, just get rid of it all. I hate it all. People who blatantly are blasphemous to the name of God. And it's a reminder that there is a judgment now and there is a judgment to come. Romans 1, 24, 25, 28. Therefore, God delivered them over in the cravings of their hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they worshiped and served something created instead of a creator who is praised forever. Amen. And look at verse 28. And because they did not think it worthwhile to acknowledge God, anyone who does not think that it is worthwhile to acknowledge God, God delivered them over to a worthless mind to do what is morally wrong. They are filled with all unrighteousness, evil, greed, and wickedness. And the word for us today is take heed how we hear and how we acknowledge God. When we hear God's word week after week after week, if it is not softening, if it is not saving, if it is not healing, if it is not bearing fruit, it could very well be hardening, blinding, and dulling. Those are sobering thoughts. And so just a few questions that we each, each of us should ask ourselves. Can you hear? Whose agenda are you listening to that is shaping your mind and your heart? What are the apps on the phones? What are those podcasts? What are those media outlets? What are we listening to that's shaping our hearts and our minds? How do you listen when you hear God's word? Do you listen 
and then the devil comes and snatches it away? Do you listen and welcome it for a little bit while things are easy, but then, eh. Do you listen to it on Sundays, but then you're choked out Monday through Saturday with the cares of this world, the pleasures, the riches, the worries? With my kids in attendance this service, the greatest fear I have as a dad is that they have grown up in the church and they have heard the word with physical ears, but they are dull. Mm. It's just words on a page. In church, I would say it's worth us asking, do we hear the word of God? The way Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. Oh, we should beg God to be the ground that has a heart that's full of honor and good that can receive that kind of word. Let's pray. Father, scripture like this it makes me tremble. Oh, how I praise you for ears that you designed that we do get to enjoy all so, so many beautiful things with our ears that we get to hear that we've mentioned earlier and, and many, many more. I certainly would ask for compassion on those who don't have that ability to hear that way. And I, would say, I would ask that you would heal them. And yet, Father, even greater than this kind of physical hearing, I thank you for spiritual hearing. That you have revealed yourself. That you do make yourself known. Lord, you do your work. Your word is what is powerful. And as you see fit with each and every one of us in this room today, based on this text alone, do your perfect, holy work. Father, I pray for an agenda that is full of your grace and opening of eyes and ears to hear and to listen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.